Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm a feminist. But right now, on this stage, I am dressed as Wonder Woman, and I have not seen the film. (laughs) And neither have I, so I can't mock you for it. No, but you've got a breastfeeding baby. I've I've just got no excuse. I'm a feminist, but this week I think I found the perfect concealer. And once I thought that, there was a small click inside me, as if I became a little bit more whole as a person. (laughs) It was Nas, by the way. I'm a feminist, but when I jumped out of a plane this weekend and the young woman at the counter said something that implied that she was the trainer I was going to be strapped to, I thought, no, I don't want to be with a size 8 woman if I'm jumping out of a plane. I want to be with one of those army men. I was with one of those army men and then I felt guilty for thinking that. But I was glad. I mean, they were... Yeah, they're huge. I'm sorry, I don't care. Feminism is not as important. If you're looking out of a plane, feminism ceases to be as important as being strapped to an army man. And I feel bad saying it, but I'm admitting it, guys, because that's what this show is. I'm a feminist, but even though I think men should be part of the ongoing conversation of feminism and it doesn't help to work against our overlords, if one more man tells me he listens to the guilty feminist as if he deserves a medal or a badge for choosing to listen to women by choice... I will give him a badge and it will say, don't sleep with me, I still have a lot to learn, written on it. (laughs) I have... I recently co-hosted and I can't... I'm so angry. I can't tell you the amount of people, men I barely know, coming up to me and going, oh, hi, Carrot, I I actually listened to The Guilty Feminist. Outrageous. And someone tried to hit on me with that line. (laughs) Yeah. You talked a lot about having a newborn and and a husband. They smell, they smell the ovaries, don't they? They can't help it. I'm a feminist, but when I jumped out of a plane this weekend, I was more relieved that they had a jumpsuit that fit me than I was that I survived the jump. <laughs> Jumpsuits are tricky. They told me to get a loose one as well. They said, get a loose one off oh, the rack. That's hard. And I was like, what the fuck? How is there? There's not going to be a loose one. There's barely going to be a fitting one. I'm a feminist, but the other day I did an improv gig and I was really tired. 
So instead of listening and reacting properly in the scene, I just made a joke about my tits, and it went down really well. I'm a feminist, but when I watched the film of me jumping out of a plane, I was more worried about how I looked in the jumpsuit. It was purple, and it had a harness pulling in areas I would never normally (laughs) harness in. And I wanted certain angles cut out of the final footage, but the editor said that made the story difficult. What's the story? I get in a plane and jump out of a fucking plane. It's not breaking bad, Jesus. (laughs) I replied, fuck the story, lose the back view. (laughs) He did not. Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Deborah Francis-White, Harriet Lloyd, and very special guest, Leila Hussein, talking about defiance. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Please welcome the London International Gospel Choir! Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far. Don't worry, baby, just call my name, I'll be there in a hurry. You don't have to worry, don't you know that intrepid woman costume and we're going to be looking at some of your costumes in a minute. Carriette, have you had a guilty week or a feminist week? I've got a seven month old baby so I've just had a week. <laughs> That's it. Fine. <laughs> it's just a week full of guilt, pain, tiredness, joy, tiredness, pain. Oh, she's smiling. She's not sleeping. I yeah. hear this. My friend said that you have to have those moments of just unequivocal joy that you've never experienced in your life otherwise you would oh, leave yeah. the baby at a bus stop yeah you just go <laughs> that's what they're for yeah. it's like a chemical rush to yeah. get you not to abandon the baby in a ditch definitely so she said to me they these were, were her words you just be like no yeah she said motherhood's a con yeah definitely don't do it she said the rushes of joy you get are invasion of the body snatchers and it's just a chemical lie to get you not to abandon the child. Yeah, definitely. In a that's why pit. they look, that's why their faces are all cute, and so that you think, oh, I probably shouldn't leave you. Mm. But everything in your body is like, well, why? why I know. Shouldn't I? But here's the you. thing you're crying, you're shouting, you were sick, she was sick on me. I got put a new top on, and she was sick on it. If your friend did that, you'd have words. 
you'd have you'd, top? Yeah, you'd leave them in the pub. I was like, oh, yeah, she's proper like at that, like, it is like having a drunk around there. Just having a drunk friend. Um, so we're talking about defiance. Defiance. Are you feeling defiant? When you said it's defiance, and I said to my husband, oh, can you think about, like, things when I was defiant? He just laughed and was like, when were you not defiant? So it's, I am a very defiant person. Mm. It's difficult being that defiant. Sometimes to my own detriment, I think. Are you defiant? In some circumstances, I'm extremely defiant. Yeah, it depends, And in others, I'm extremely compliant. Yeah, yeah. I oscillate between the two. I find a happy medium difficult. Yes. I found I've got more compliant as I've got older. I used to be... I was unbelievable when I was well, younger. We're all more punk when we're 19. Yeah, you know, And then true. you start... You start caring a lot more. <sighs> I know. Um, so I have come dressed as Wonder Woman. I don't know if anyone's noticed. <laughs> Wonder um, Woman. What have you come dressed as, Karen? Well, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for today. I have come dressed as my great aunt Kitty, who was the first woman in Bridgend to wear trousers. <gasps> I am so okay. impressed by that. Yeah, Kitty Lloyd. And she was Kitty Lloyd, pr- that's her real name, Kitty yeah, Lloyd. Kitty Lloyd. She's not with us anymore, Kitty. But yeah, apparently that's all they ever told me about her. They were like, she was the first woman to wear trousers. She was a bit of a firebrand. <laughs> Bit of a live wire, your Aunt Kitty, which is what people say. Was it in that era of the man who walked up a hill and came down a mountain when Welsh people were really just saying here and no further? Aren't they still doing that? (laughs) I once said to a Welsh lady, I was like, oh, I'm called Cariad. Cariad is Welsh for love, that's what it means. And um, to this very old Welsh lady, I said, oh, I'm called Cariad. She said, oh, Cariad, oh, lovely. And there was an English person there, and I said, oh, it means Welsh for love. She said, no, there's no English word for it. (laughs) And I was like, well, apart from love, she was like, no. You don't understand what it means. There's no translation for Galliard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's sure. a special sort of love. It means what it's like you say it to like um, children or like boyfriend. And if you say like Nostar Galliard, it means like night, night, my beloved, my love, my darling. So but we do have words. We do have words for it in English. But it's yeah. a very specific nuance. It's, yeah. I don't understand what she means. That's lovely. It means that a lot, like a lot of heart, like my heart almost, basically. Yeah, that's, it's nice, isn't it? That is joyful. Do you speak any Welsh? No. <laughs> just that word. Just the just, just right. carryad. Do you know about the Welsh knot? No. They tried to ban the Welsh language from schools, and what they would do is if they heard children speaking Welsh, they'd put a rope around your neck with a knot on, and your job was to, at the end of the day, get rid of this knot. So I'd be like, oh, Miss Miss, I heard Deborah speaking Welsh. So you'd get it, get passed around all the kids. End of the day, whoever had it left on them got beaten. <laughs> yeah. That's how they got rid of the Welsh language in a lot of the schools. That is the worst story (laughs) I've ever heard. And in that environment, Kitty Lloyd wore trousers. Go, Kitty Lloyd. She's a cool lady. That's weird. Do you know what's weird? Is my great aunt was Wonder Woman. (laughs) First of all, I think we should probably see some costumes. We've got prizes. There are some T-shirts that we haven't had printed yet because we're getting new ones. But we'll take your name and address and send you the size you want. And also, there's two free tickets to an upcoming show of your choice. So could you stand up if you've dressed up and you want to I can already spy in perfect viewing position two suffragettes <gasps> over there. Oh, there's a couple of suffragettes. Some suffragettes oh, over there. Look oh, at this. Oh, wonderful. Frida so, Kahlo. Is that Frida Kahlo? Oh, Come on, stand so up. There's four people there that say winner, and I feel like they've given themselves the prize. <laughs> Why have you got baguettes with you? Oh, your yes, breadwinners! Yes. What are you guys? Amelia Earhart. From Crossrail. guys Frida Kahlo suffragette Rosa Luxemburg Rosa Luxemburg don't say trying to be that's not what Rosa Luxemburg would have said is it (laughs) trying to be who is Rosa Luxemburg she was a Marxist feminist philosopher in the 19th century she was a Marxist feminist philosopher I'm loving her I can't help noticing is this Cleopatra loving it I'm loving it strong contender okay you guys now making us feel nervous Oh, Alessa, are you, are you Pussy Riot? Yeah, they're Pussy Riot! Come on. I feel like it's a game show. Um, I want to guess. Sadie with a cigarette? Patsy. Patsy! <laughs> Patsy is intrepid in her own way, isn't Patsy, she? Patsy, and the We Can Do It lady um, as well. Pink hair. Gwen Stefani Pankhurst. <laughs> Gwen Stefani Pankhurst. As long as you're not taking a piss, sir. <laughs> 
if you've come in here infiltrating <laughs> to mock fabulous women, yeah. this is the wrong room, we will turn on you. If we turned on you, we could kill you, you know that. Yeah. Lots of us are dressed as intrepid women, and tonight, because I was dressed as Wonder Woman, I was crossing a road to get here and I was late, and I just saw a car coming and I just put my hand out. <laughs> and I swear it's I was dressed as Wonder Woman, I just went, and then they just stop. That's the power it's of clothes. The power of confidence. Power of this clothes. is why costumes can be good. Up here? Uh, Uma Thurman's character oh, from Pulp Fiction. Oh, Uma Thurman's Pulp Fiction, very good. Audrey Hepburn. Oh, I love it. I love that you two have come as sort of glamorous. I wish I'd thought of that now, because I'm in a leotard. <laughs> you are glamorous. There's two I know, I know. I, I feel like I may have stretched this. This is hardcore. And who, why have you got a monkey? What's your character? Um, I am a ninja warrior, but I have a feminist backstory, I promise. <laughs> You're a ninja warrior with a feminist backstory. I was watching a YouTube channel a while ago called Feminist Frequency, which is really amazing if you haven't looked at it before, but it basically critiques <laughs> video games. And I saw that apparently Assassin's Creed had only just introduced their first female <gasps> Assassin's Creed have only just introduced their first female character. Are you that character? Yeah! You are that character. Women Might can kill people too. Women can kill people Women too and get paid too. equally for the joy. <laughs> probably 78 yeah, pence probably, on a pound to kill, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, to be fair. Can I just say though, as a ninja, you probably shouldn't declare yourself. Because <laughs> that's the first rule of ninja yeah. is. But she's yeah. in a good position for ninjaing. Like she's going to. She's in a top down there. ninja position. Uh, anybody else shout out? Have you got anyone that you wanted to see? Don't call me girl girl. Don't call me girl girl. Did you invent that or is that a real thing? You invented it. Your Don't Call Me Girl Girl. I love you. Very imaginative. What's yours? We volunteers. So we all have full-time positions, but we also volunteer for children's charities as well. Oh. You That's make just your life. You're just being great women in your own life. Absolutely. Amazing. You make me feel... Let's <laughs> <laughs> have to go to, to a costume place <laughs> to do this. Yeah, awkward. I, I put on some red lipstick. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not as good as you, and that's <laughs> apparent now. But so now I feel bad that I'm the one on stage in a leotard. Um, you are all amazing. I feel like someone else needs to judge because I don't want to be the judge. We'll conflab in the interval. Okay, we'll, we'll have a chat in the yeah. interval. But you're all wonderful. Big round of applause for everyone dressed up. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage with general hooing and defiant cheers, Carriot Lloyd! Hello. I am by nature a very defiant person. As I said, I don't mean to be, it's not a choice. Uh, just like Paul Hollywood didn't choose to be a money hungry manatee, it's just who he is. That's not body shaming, that's just who he is. That's just who he is. I am defiant, it's who I am. I thought today, when was the first time I was defiant? And I was about seven. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and looking at what my mum had chosen me to wear. And it finally dawned on me that what she was working, the style she was trying to get me in was a kind of Boise and Marlene style. You know, like I looked like I belonged to them from Only Fools and Horses. Like I had a CNA pale pink skirt and matching cardigan and pale pink shoes. And she used to make me pose holding a empty champagne glass. <laughs> yeah, as if like I was like cheersing the Rotary Club, you know. <laughs> FYI, what the fuck is the Rotary Club? I wrote that and I thought, I still don't know what they do. Um, so I was about seven and I remember coming in the room and saying, you're not going to dress me anymore. And my mum's very good. She went, okay, fine. And then I was like, oh God, how do I dress myself? <laughs> Sure, sure, Karen. My defiance has been labelled as many things throughout my life. I've been labelled as awkward, difficult, bossy, aggressive. I was classed as having a bad attitude. Slightly true, but it was also defiant. A diva, throwing a strop. When I was 10, a boy threw a wet towel in my face because I wouldn't shut up when he asked me to shut up. And he said, I told you to shut up. And I said, I know. And I carried on talking, but of course inside I was like, why don't men like it when I talk? <laughs> And that's before I knew the difference between idiots and good people. When I was 28, I was in one of my first ever telly jobs, and I was cut out of a sketch because I refused to get into a jacuzzi and wear only a bra. Uh, yeah, and I was defiant about it, and uh, it's hard being defiant. I don't know if you are a defiant person. You'll recognise eye rolls. 
people rolling their eyes when you say that. The looks they give each other is if to imply that it's hard to reason with her, isn't it? She's so unreasonable. The sick feeling you get when you've been defiant, when you want everyone to like you, but it's clear that you aren't going to be liked because you're being defiant. And there's only one time I can really feel like that my defiance caused me real pain and shame and difficulty. And I just wanted to just share for you an example when defiance can go wrong. When I was 16, I made the bad and bold choice to have my eyebrow pierced. <laughs> a lot of you here will be in your 30s and you will be slowly and awkwardly still moving around your belly button piercing. I know you. <laughs> I know the girls who went for belly button, but I was friends with the girls who went for belly button. I was like, nah, I'm going to be different. So I said to my mum, I'm going to get my eyebrow pierced. My mum begged me. She said, she was very cool. She said, you can do it. I said, please, please, please don't get your eyebrow pierced, please. I really think you'll regret it. And uh, she then tried to reverse psychology me and she went, I'll pay for it. And I knew what she was doing, so I went, okay. Because <laughs> me and my mum basically like trade chicken with each other. Okay, sure. Sure, we're going to do about it. So I took the 50 pounds, and I went and got my eyebrow pierced. And what no one tells you about eyebrow piercings is they grow out. It's the one place in your body where it's guaranteed to grow out. You feel your eyebrow, there's a bone behind it. And what your body literally does is go, ooh, there's something in this. And it grows the skin behind it and pushes it out. Until I was sat watching Much Ado About Nothing with mind and heartthrob Emma Thompson. Ugh. Wouldn't you marry anything, touch her, just to be near her? And, um, and it came out, just came out of my hands. And now I have a scar, a huge big scar, which I often say is from a fight. <laughs> so that makes me feel very cool. But that's the one time I really regretted. And I know it's hard to be defiant. It's difficult. It's been difficult for me to embrace my defiance. So many times people have been negative about it and have made me feel like it was a, a bad thing that I was doing. And now I've decided to embrace it. My defiance, my bold disobedience is actually obedience to myself. That's what it is. But I know it's hard if you're not defiant. Perhaps you're someone who feels it's difficult to stand up for yourself or be loud or be proud. So I wanted to give you my top five women from history who've been defiant as inspiration. Oh, that's countdown. Um, that's still countdown. <laughs> top of the pops. Great. <laughs> Number one, defiant women. Maid Marion. Yes, Maid Marion. Yeah, I think she was shagging Robin Hood and Little John. <laughs> Why else were they wearing tights? Men wouldn't choose 70 denier themselves. That's why I think May Marion's defiant. Joan of Arc, yeah! In a number two, uh, before David Bowie made androgyny cool, Joan came rocking onto the scene with a bowl cut so harsh, you know her mum did it. Yeah! <laughs> Defying fashion religion and looking chic while you did it. My number three top defiant woman is Elizabeth I. Come on! What a defiant woman! She managed to convince an entire country she was a virgin while having lots of super close BFFs who were men who stayed in her bed but like nothing's happening, we're just friends. <laughs> and she wouldn't marry them because it went against the ethos of her brand. <laughs> that is so hardcore. She's like, guys, I'm a virgin. I made it clear if I marry you. Oh, what are my fans going to think? Oh, come on. <laughs> my number four top defiant woman is Jane Austen. Yeah! <laughs> Even though she had no money, her family would literally, she was relying on her family. Her brothers would use her as a governess. She was nothing. She got offered a proposal. I don't even know that she was engaged for one night, Jane Austen. She was engaged to a man genuinely called Harris Big Wither. <laughs> one night, and then apparently she came down in the morning and she was like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Because Jane was fully aware that that is not a name suitable for a lady, whether she's high or low birth, other than that of a lady inclined to gangster rap, which... Jane was not. And my fifth most defiant woman is someone I genuinely don't think people talk about enough is Joni Mitchell, guys. <laughs> and that is the correct direction for Joni Mitchell because did you know that at Woodstock, Joni Mitchell cried because it was too loud? <laughs> and my point is, Joni is an amazing artist, right? She smokes still, she drinks still, she paints her own album covers, she puts out any music she wants, she doesn't care what the fashion is, but she's quite a quiet person. And lots of people forget about her because she's not there standing and screaming, being like, I am defiant. And I wanted to remind everyone that you can be defiant in the most quiet of tiny, tiny ways and in the loudest, loudest of possible ways. However, never, ever get your eyebrow pierced. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did do a challenge, but before I talk about my challenge, I'm going to bring on our fantastic guest. Our guest tonight has made previous appearances on both The Guilty Feminist and Global Pillage. She's a campaigner, psychotherapist, 
founder of the Dahlia Project and all-round force of nature, please welcome Leila Hussein. What happened to your costume? I, I left it in the bathroom. You left it in the loo. Tell them what it was. It was a pirate costume. <laughs> it was a pirate costume. Yeah, because there's the ongoing... It's not a joke, because the moment you say you're Somali, people... I always have to correct them that we're not pirates. So it was quite weird, like, when she well, got me the costume. I didn't mean to. <laughs> what happened was... Here I we didn't go. Realize, show profiling people. I didn't realise <laughs> Layla hadn't got the memo that it was a costume night. And what I had done was just at the last minute in the costume shop, I thought, just in case anyone hasn't got a costume, I got a pirate's hat and a cutlass, and I looked up on my phone to some famous female pirates, because I thought, that's intrepid, isn't it? Yeah, we got some female sure. pirates in. I see female pirates, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. When Layla turned up and said, oh, I didn't know I was meant to bring costume, I went, don't worry, I've got just the thing. Pulled out a hat and a cutlass, <laughs> and I saw in her eyes, this is a dig at me being Somali. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not, because you're a Somalian pirate. It's genuinely just something I saw at the register I thought would jazz up any outfit. She was, she was very British about her response. I know, I did. I felt really bad. But then when she came up, I was disappointed she wasn't dressed as a Somali I know, I actually pirate. took it off and, and left yeah. it. You left it in the loo. So somewhere well, in a loo somewhere here. Somewhere in the loo. Find oh, your pirate, guys. There's, there's a, a cutlass there's a in a loo. Somewhere. And, yeah, there's yeah. a sword in a loo. If anyone finds it, If you it, hear that announcement, though, in King's Place, please leave the building. <laughs> if they go, yeah. there's a sword in the toilet, please leave. Just don't question it, leave. That's, Just, that do that not leave. Good. It's yeah. honestly, it's very safe. It's not looking good when you say it as a black woman. There's a sword <laughs> somewhere. Uh, so you are extremely intrepid. You are an anti-FGM activist, which is very, very intrepid work. I'm glad you got that right this time. I did, because yeah. last time I said you were an FGM activist. <laughs> anti. Oh, FGM! No, you're not the only one. A lot of people say, Leila Hussein, the FGM activist. And I'm like, not really. I'm actually against it. Anti is yeah. implied, though. It's implied. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like oh. to call myself a social activist now because I guess when you're involved in such campaign, it really is about, you know, protecting human and protecting children. So, yeah, I'm in that same boat of wanting to try to stop Trump. Because I'm dealing with Trump at the moment. I can't deal with this crazy people who want to practice FGM. I think there's uh, something else that I, I think the whole world is dealing with. So it's just part of that work at the moment. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot to be done right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much work. It's too much work. <laughs> too tired. I sound like my teenager now. <laughs> I'm so tired. I think we need to take it one issue at a time. Everyone take an yep. issue. My challenge this week was to, um, I met up with a radical feminist mm who at the moment is still kind of under the radar in terms of sort of public things. But she's is doing, she a ninja? She's a little bit of a ninja, okay. yeah. She's doing some amazing stuff. She actually asked to meet me and said, like, let's talk, and she wants to do some stuff. And so we sat down and started our plan, and we decided just to pick an issue, mm. and something she feels very strongly about is refuges, because mm. she had a violent partner and she had to go to mm. a refuge, and she knows what the conditions are mm. like. And there are certain things about refuges that we want to change, one is there's usually no Wi-Fi, so you're not connected there. Yeah. And often women obviously don't have credit on their phone or, you know, she said there's often no heating, the mattresses are terrible, mm -hmm. the conditions are bad. And because you've just come out of something very traumatic, yeah. what you want is an environment that feels yeah. safe. And she said you have traumatic dreams and the mattress is uncomfortable, yep. flashbacks, all those <laughs> sorts of things. And also you can't vote if you're in a refuge. What? You can, technically, if you, it's something you have to contact the CIA. I mean, it's, it's literally oh that. God. It's not obviously the CIA. CIA. It must be the MI5. MI5. <laughs> it's, it's, the CIA will not Those help CIA you. The CIA get everywhere. They are it's so the, I think it's because they don't have... Because you have to have a registered address in yeah. order to yeah. vote, isn't it? That's There's, You have to have a registered address, and a refuge is not a registered address. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't register to your old address, usually, because you're in a refuge yeah, because yeah. there's abuse. So you can't let your oh, partner know awful. where you are. The complications that you have to go through to vote if you're in a refuge are overwhelming to most people who are in a refuge. And it, yeah, you want it to be easy. You're not going to be like, oh, sure, I'm going to fill out all these kinds of forms as I'm leaving my abusive husband. Yeah. Exactly. You can't or partner of any sort. These are the things that she told me that we're going to try and fix. There are 32 refuges that have been closed and we want them to be reopened. Some of them were specialists for BME, mental health refuges. Sex workers usually get turned away. Uh, so we need those refuges to even, be back Even to be women opened. who are young girls who are escaping FGM are not allowed in these refugees because FGM is considered a one-time incident. What? Yep. A one-time... Yeah. Who's yeah. defining that? 
As in the government are saying it's a one-time No, when you call some of the refugees, I mean, some of them don't even know. When I say FGM, they assume wow. I'm, I'm like a radio show or something. <laughs> That's not the case. By the way, you are allowed to laugh when I talk about this. <laughs> and a couple of times, so the question was, you know, is this an incident that happens more often? I'm like, oh. no. Well, the whole point is to make sure this incident doesn't happen. Actually, in Europe, they don't actually have safe houses for girls who are trying to escape FGM. But I traveled to Kenya quite a lot. And actually, what saved a lot of girls... Back in Africa and other parts of Asia, it's they have these safe houses where they can actually escape from wow. this practice. Mm. So in this country, you know, we already have a problem with refugees, like having certain refugees in general, and they're being closed down. But imagine a young girl who wants to escape from this, and she's told, oh, is this a one-time incident? So we can't even... Because there's somebody who's been beaten on a daily basis. And actually, it's a very tricky... Yeah. You would think it should be open, but that is unfortunately the case at the moment. Yeah. Oh, I just depressed the whole room. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it was like, oh, the God, reason... with your Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> but the reason, like you said, those refugees don't know is because yeah. it's a closed conversation. Mm. And obviously it isn't in those countries you're talking about. Is obviously It seems like maybe they're more aware. That's why those safe houses are there and people know what FGM yeah. means and stands for. And so the more you talk about it, as depressing as it is, it means more people who work in refugees who listen to will know what it is. It's only a good thing to keep talking about it. Yeah, I mean, awareness is absolutely key. And in this country, even though the UK government recognises FGM as a safeguarding issue, however, it's not part of the child protection train. It's not compulsory. The local authority needs to recognise it. So I don't know how this works, but the local authority needs to walk around and think, ooh, is there a, an opportunity where FGM can happen around here? You know, it, yeah. it, it, that's still where we are till today. Hence why I tried to chase Theresa May when she was the Home Secretary with a vagina costume to make that point. <laughs> Did you get her? <laughs> Did you get near Well, I got stopped by Channel 4 lawyers. Oh, Channel yeah. 4 lawyers. So we were filming for a Channel 4 documentary called oh. The Crocker. I was presenting this. And, ooh, great idea. Why don't... Because I'm quite... Those who know me know I'm walking around with vulva cupcakes in the middle of the streets. And I like to get to the point of the problem, yeah, which is yeah, the vagina yeah. and the vulva. Like, that's why this is happening. So I thought, you know what? She can't ignore us if we've got a massive six-foot vagina costume. <laughs> But and you, you know what she did, what Theresa May can ignore, so which is stopped. the whole country voting for her not to be Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, take this seriously. This is a child protection issue. But actually, I can happily take credit that she was so scared to come and face me, she went from the back door. Oh. So I take great credit for that, actually. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, Theresa May must spend her life being like, with people going, Theresa, um, don't go out that way. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody... But you know what? True, that way. True, I mean, sorry, true story, but she did actually meet me, but she didn't know that was me. Because those that know me, again, know I wear different <laughs> hair colours. I'm in blonde and purple and pink. And then one day she spotted me. We were having lunch at the Duchess of Cornwall's house. Ooh, clank. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it was really shitty, like, finger food. Like, don't do that with black people. It's not good. Like, don't feed us that stuff. And she thought, oh, black person in the room, let me go and talk to them, because it makes me look good on the photos. Yeah, she didn't yeah. realise this was the Layla Hussein she tried to ignore. Oh. And then, ooh, yeah. So my friend literally walked quickly, and she said, no, this is Layla Hussein, you know, the anti-FGM campaign. And she went, oh, of course I know who she is. And then I started talking about refugees and everything else. And she just walked off. It was no way! Brilliant moment. Like, oh, just leave, leave, leave. She leave. was like, wait a minute, last time I saw you, you had a head wrap on. Now you've got purple hair. You know, I was like, hey, don't so keep she, up with black women's hair, man. You're going to be wasting your time. She literally just walked away as if she hadn't met she you. She literally... Yeah, right, we she should have known she was going to ignore everything that happened in the election. She was yeah. showing us beforehand that she was just like, la, la, la. I didn't That's see well, this. this whole election, I realised I shouldn't have taken it personally that that's something yeah, that she yeah. does. That's something yeah. she is. <laughs> she just ignores people. She just forgets. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Please welcome Deborah Francis White! So I wonder why we're not more defiant, really. I mean, there's enough people in America now who understand who Donald Trump is. <laughs> He's been trolling North Korea again. He says on Twitter, oh, we're not going to tolerate the time for North Korea's bad attitude is over. and we're not gonna... We are going to watch him start a global thermonuclear war with a hashtag <laughs> before we as a group... Like, it would, what, take 10 people to take the phone... Just lock him in the room and say, you're not president anymore, and until you calm down, you can't come out. <laughs> when you've calmed down, Donald, we'll take you back to Trump Towers in New York, and you can have your old life back. It's what you want. It's what we all want, okay? Like, none of you seem that roused about it, but I think we should stop as humans. I don't mean as Americans or people in Washington or people in the Republican Party. I mean, as human beings, he is going to destroy us all and we're just going to go, protocol, in it though? He, he won. Like, but, but what do you mean he won? It's not a real thing. None of this is real. This is all just, we all decided on it a long time ago that you'd vote and then someone would win. But surely defiance in this case has got to come first. I'm almost wondering if we're sort of, okay, so we're called Great Britain. Are we using the great anymore? We haven't been great for a long time. And even then, it was very un-British to call ourselves great. It's not what we do. We don't go around saying we're great. We leave that to people like Donald Trump. What we say is, yeah, we're fine. We're all right. Why were we not called all right Britain in the first place? Just a bit okay? Yeah, not bad. Not bad Britain. We'd all be happy with that. Not bad Britain. I mean, due to Brexit, we'll probably lose Scotland and Northern Ireland. And then it'll just be embarrassing to call ourselves Great Britain. We're not using the great... I'm going to suggest we send over the great of Great Britain. Give Donald what he wants. Call America Great America and tell him he did it in record time. <laughs> he didn't need eight years. He did it in under 12 months. A president's never done that before. A president's never been that good. He would go. <laughs> Why don't we do something defiant? Why are we not down here? I mean, look what's happening here. Theresa May has just paid a billion pounds to the DUP when she very specifically said we had no magic money tree to pay nurses. A billion pounds, though. No, a billion pounds. How much tax would the... Between 400 people, how much tax would that be? 400 into a billion. Who's good at maths? I don't want the stereotype that women aren't good at maths, and there's most of us here are women. If no one can do it, I'm going to be really upset because it'll play right into the stereotype. That's what they want us to think. They want us to think we're not good at maths. Oh, they're right. How much? 25,000 times 400 is a billion. Is that right? Feels like that's not enough. That can't be enough. Is that all? 250,000. That sounds more like it. Is that right? Are you doing it on a... You're, she's doing it on a calculator. That's... <laughs> She's ineptly doing our calculator. Come on, there must be a mathematician in the house. 250 million. 250 million each to be a billion. Everyone in this room. Sorry? You're saying 25. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so it's either, tw either we'd have to pay 25,000 pounds each. 250, what was that? What was that? Is it an American billion? It's a British billion because it's in Britain. It's a great British billion. How much? 25 million. Okay, so we've got 400 people in this room. That means we would all have to pay 25 million pounds in tax in order to make up that DUP money. 
We've just given that to the DUP. We've watched that happen. We've just sat back. This audience, I mean, me too. I don't feel it was just you. I did fuck all about it. Why aren't we more defiant? Why don't we go down to number 10 and say, no, stop, we're not leaving the spot, all of us. Why don't millions of us go down and say, until she's out? You didn't, because you're not still there. You're here. (laughs) You've come to a comedy show dressed as a superhero. That's not the same. I'm not saying nobody's ever marched. We've all marched. But I'm just saying, why don't we go the extra mile? We've got to get more defiant. Like, we've got to. Like, now, us, us. We've got to get more defiant. Seriously. So this is our mission as guilty feminists here in the audience and at home. We've got to get more defiant, and that means we've got to get more organised. We've got to get organised, we've got to get defiant, and we've got to start putting the brakes on. We can't just say, there are some people and we voted them in, and I guess they're going to do what they're going to do, because what they're doing is driving us off a cliff, and probably nothing Theresa May does will really matter, because Donald Trump will blow us up. But still, it's not the point. Let's get defiant. Thank you very much. What is it that we could be doing? Because FGM is an issue Mm. in this country. I'm not going to assume everybody knows. So female genital mutilation. So it's a practice where they remove the female's clitoris, the small labia, the large labias, and they remain in skins pulled together and they sew the whole vagina, basically. And women are left with a very small hole. They start to urinate, menstruate, give birth, and have intercourse at some point. So what can you do? So just that description... It's violence. I think what has happened with FGM, especially in the West, it was painted with the idea that it's a cultural religious practice. That's not what it is. FGM is done to children, children who didn't consent. I'm a survivor of this practice. I was seven years old when it happened to me. I didn't consent to it. The whole idea was to control my sexuality, and I was supposed to be silent. Clearly, that did not work. (laughs) Actually, this pissed off a lot of people a few weeks ago. I mentioned how FGM didn't work, and when I see images of Idris Elba, (laughs) (laughs) things are still working. (laughs) Yeah, so fuck you to the person who tried to mutilate me. It didn't work. So the idea is that it's to control women's sexuality, and controlling women's sexuality is a global issue. It's not a little thing that happens on one part of the world. So what we need to change, all of us in this room needs to do, is to actually recognise it as that. It's not far away from you. It's actually the person sitting next to you might be going through exactly the same thing. Is to recognise it as a form of child abuse. is actually one of the worst forms of sexual assault. Because you walk into a room, just picture a child that was pinned down on a table, their legs were spread apart. You touch their genital, that's a sexual assault already. So when you cut their genitals... It's a form of sexual assault, and we need to call it that. So I would urge you all to, you know, speak to your MPs. We need to change policies. For me, we can't change anything if we have policies that discriminate against us as human beings, especially as women and children. I think that's always been the problem for me around this. So I think everybody plays a role. I have friends who are comedians who use their platforms. I have friends who are musicians if you're a lawyer, I don't care if you're a mum at home. God, that's a hard job. I'm a mum. When I'm at work, it's like the best break ever. <laughs> um, so if you're a mum, you know, this is your opportunity. Everybody plays a role. But it's actually our government needs to recognise this as a form of child abuse. And this must be on every single child protection training. Because how are you going to find out? Because you look at me, you can't see what happened to mm. me. But if you were trained, you might ask me the right questions. <laughs> It's an act of pure misogyny. It's not a religious or cultural thing. It's a misogynistic, violent act. Yeah, it's a, one of the biggest patriarchal, organised crimes. That's why I call it. Because I think we were all yes. groomed into this idea mm. that this is okay, that all of us are walking around pretending it isn't happening. Because would we be sitting around here if we were cutting children's arms for the sake of culture? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But the idea of... Tampering with women's sexual organs has become the norm in the world that we live in. And I think that's what this is about. Controlling women, it's a big issue. So it's a misogynistic practice because it happened to me on the basis that I was born a female. And that's it. 
So your charity, can you tell us about that? So I've set it up the Dahlia Project under the Money Gardens charity. I don't like looking after charities. I'm just that lazy. I don't like looking after money. I like to get paid afterwards. <laughs> so I've set it up. So I'm a counsellor by background. One of the things that saved me, actually, was having a safe space where I can go and talk about this. You know, dealing with the physical aspect is one thing, but the psychological impact, it stays with you for the rest of your life. So I didn't want to fix this. I wanted a place where the women can actually learn how to live with FGM. So the Dahlia Project, which I've set it up in 2013, is actually the first ever counselling service for FGM survivors globally. It's the first one. And we've been going for the last... Um, we've been going for the last few years now. We run support groups. We have close allies with other counselling services. Because, you know, we get in... Like, just last week when I met with a team, we had 137 women that were referred to us. Yeah. But actually, one of the things I would like to plead while I'm here tonight, actually, we are coming to the end of our funding and we need to raise at least 20 grand by 1st of August. Theresa May's if got, you got close, If somebody August. in this room, 1st of August, are we going to be shut down, which oh is really God. worrying. How much have you got? We're not going to have nothing left Okay. 1st of August. And we need 20 grand at least to keep it going, because we already have three support groups that we need to okay. keep going so you, after September. Do you have a GoFundMe or anywhere we so can So if you go to the Mana Garden Centre, there's a donation button and you just reference Dahlia Project. Okay, Mana Garden, Garden Centre. So we need 20 grand. So yep. 400 into 20 grand. <laughs> I get my iPhone. What I'm is my that? Phone. <laughs> okay, we got a question from the audience. Do you have 20 grand? I hope that's the question. Oh, there's a question <laughs> over here. Who a 20 grand check? <laughs> there's a question over here. Okay, so we're going to have to raise 20 grand before we deal with It's Trump. really Is upsetting, okay? actually, hearing after this yeah. DUP stuff. I was I away, and oh. I came back, and I'm hearing this, and I'm like, I have to... You need to put on a Northern Irish accent and be like, yeah. hello, Teresa. I just yeah. need a little bit, just 20 grand, not a billion for me. And just, and just, <laughs> and just the hate Dahlia. on women's bodies. Yeah, yeah it's for the Dahlia yeah. project, it's in Belfast. Yeah, maybe if you call it the Dahlia Union yes. people. Yeah. People. Or something. And yeah. you just go, I, the, branding just went totally the, wrong the for me. The DUP, <laughs> this is the other DUP, we need a small <laughs> 20,000. We don't even want a billion. What was your question? Um, I just wanted to sort of go back to the whole defiant idea and mm. I wanted to um, ask if you had any advice on sort of how to be defiant and assertive without kind of offending people and still sort of like the balance. It, it's like, hard. It's really hard not to... It's a fine line, isn't it? I think not to offend people. But I think you have to be... You have to know that you're doing... It's not about offending. It's about being... And I hate saying this, but about being true to yourself. It's owning it. I yeah. think that's, and not apologise, because I think women, we're always expected to apologise for our position. It's funny that you that theme has been defiant because there's a project called Face of Defiance, which is portraits of survivors of female genital mutilation and other forms of violence. And if you read those stories of those women, it's constant battles, but they come out on the other side. But it was about owning that position and not apologising for it. We've done other shows about apologizing and power and motions and things where we've talked about how to do it in a way that seems powerful but inclusive and doesn't alienate but I think the definition of defiance means you don't mind offending yeah. that you're going to stand yeah. your ground and say this far and no farther there are certainly ways to do it if you want to do it without offending anyone you say you know I know you Therese May as a bright person who finds women's issues important you will want to help the Dahlia Foundation and, you know, basically we cut her off at the pass. Next time we're all at the Duchess of Cornwall's house. I'm going to have to say We're going to fucking flip that you table that of way. shit finger food and we're going to be like, give us your fucking money. No, no, that's... <laughs> 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 I'm going to kick it off. And then that, I'm going to be like, she's Wonder Woman. Yeah? I don't think that's the question the, uh, she was asking, yeah, no, how no. to flip tables okay, of finger sorry. food. That's why I'm... Also, I looked up the definition of divine is being boldly disobedient. And yeah. I think the thing is, it's mm. being boldly disobedient means you don't care about offending people, but you are being obedient to yourself that you know that this is the right thing to do. I have had so many situations where I know I have pissed people off. I once pissed a man off so badly, I turned around and there was a mirror, and he literally rolled his eyes and looked at his friend and was like, and mouth fucking wanker about me. Actually, from and my that, experience, you know, when you're pissing people off, yeah, I know I'm on the right track. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. when I thought, good, I've done the right thing. <laughs> You can't stop FGM without pissing people off because there are well, some people who want it and there are some people yeah. who just want you to be silent about it. Well, I was just 
telling one of my friends was in the audience, you know, I said, I did this talk a couple of weeks, it was like a big stage, and I got all these vicious messages. Mm. Typically, I'm very sensitive to this, so I started crying, oh my God, why are people saying this shit about me? And my brother went, hey, they're saying about beheading you, you must be on the right track. Yeah. But it's the idea of not controlling women, it's the battle for all of us. Mm. So I think that's why FDM still exists, because for me, I always say, unless we get rid of oppression of women in total, yeah. FGM is not going to disappear. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like uh, where you go to Pizza Hut buffet, you get to choose, you know, what you're going to, oh, I, I'm against FGM, but oh, forced marriage, I'm not so sure, you know, yeah. it doesn't work <laughs> like that with me. So for me, it's you fight for one. Because I come across campaigners who would say, yeah, FGM, isn't that terrible? But, you know, I'm not really keen on this whole LGBT stuff. Like, what the fuck are you on about? Mm. Like, so for me, unless oppression ends in total, yeah. FGM is not going to end. And knowing why you've pissed them off as well. Also. Every time Leila Hussein speaks, she gets a round of applause. Oh, well. It's like, literally... She's, she's she... doing something really good. Do you think they're in conversation? <laughs> if you just go for coffee with Leila, every time she... Sort of Leila, has... wants, Leila wants a latte. <laughs> And you she deserved is, it. But you know, this only happens in this audience. Usually I get, get off the stage, you bitch, go to hell. Oh. You know, so this Don't was my crowds. Back here more. Yeah, I need exactly. more of this. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, if you're pissing them off, it often is for the reason that you are maybe being a woman with an opinion. And yep. that's to remember, like, they, if they yep. look at you pissed off and you think, oh, I've upset that person, though, and they annoyed me, and just go, oh, is it that I'm pissed off that I'm a woman and I had an opinion? In mm. which case, fuck your pissed offness. Yeah. So that's all you have to remember is they might yep. be wrong about it. Yeah. And then flip the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, we have two collection tins yes. uh, for the interval. One we're going to use on that side of the audience for the Dahlia Foundation. Would somebody collect for the Dahlia Foundation? Did you bring anyone with you, Leila? Yes, Liz. Here you Liz, go. Liz. Liz is going to stand at that door with the Dahlia. And there's it's another the Dahlia project. Just want to clarify. The Dahlia, sorry, project. The Dahlia project. Not a foundation yet. Not a foundation yet, the Dahlia project. Liz, that's On cool. the other side, <laughs> what's your charity? Hello, everybody. I'm um, here on behalf of two clients, A and B, two women from Northern Ireland. You'll be aware that the issue of NHS funding for abortion services for Northern Ireland has been a very, very major and important issue. Um, abortion is practically impossible to obtain in Northern Ireland, and hundreds of women are forced um, to make a very traumatic, stressful journey to England to access abortion services. So we had a long legal battle arguing that the Secretary of State for Health in this country has been discriminating against women from Northern Ireland who are UK citizens, paying taxes. We lost in the administrative court... We lost in the Court of Appeal. My clients are really defiant and intrepid. And I like to think of myself, my colleague here, as defiant. We don't give up. We have a crowdfunding page and we are urging people to donate. Even though there was the announcement last week in Westminster, there's nothing concrete about it. There's still a negative um, decision of the Supreme Court so discriminating against... What's the website? So what's the website? So we have the website details here. www.crowdjustice.com forward slash case forward slash abortion hyphen rights. Amazing. Great. Okay. So there'll be a collection tin on that side. Which side are you going to go on, guys? So that side is anti-FGM and that side... Uh, it's abortion. 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 Fun times, people. If Fun you times. would like yeah. to give to both then we would be delighted. And if you don't have anything to give, and you know that's absolutely fine. There's no pressure to... If you've got 20p, go to the bar, get in two 10p's, and then do either side. <laughs> but yeah, you're going to have to pass got... both those women and no, be like, no, if you've got even a quid, then that's yeah. great. If you're well off and you can put in... 10 or 20 then that would be amazing Harry I'd quickly have you got anything to plug um, yes you can listen to my podcast about death it's cheerier than it sounds it's called <laughs> oh, Griefcast uh, you can find it on Acast or iTunes and follow us on Twitter at the Griefcast we've been talking to people like Adam Buxton and Sarah Pascoe and Amy Hoggett's coming up um, and lots of people I can't remember David Baddiel and it's just chats about death in a fun way great Marvelous. and you're plugging the Dahlia, Dahlia project, project please like, and even if you can't give any money today please share it on your social media just like I say, there are ways of doing this. Follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter, at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash theguiltyfeminist. Like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people to find the podcast. And please welcome back to the stage, the London International Gospel Choir. <laughs> Thank you. 
so with the next one, we need your help. And I think you're all very eager to do something because uh, it has involved uh, using your hands instead of laughing the whole night, I guess. Okay, can we? So you have to do this for the next three minutes. So some of you might want to stand up and just move a little bit or just get a little bit in the groove. challenge but before I talk about my challenge I'm going to uh, bring on our fantastic guest uh, because the producer who's a man has told me we're running out of time um, where is this introduction Tom <laughs> different thank you thank you it took 400 women and 27 calculators to to put 400 into a billion. Did you know that straight away, Tom? Were you sitting there like, don't, don't mansplain them to it, but it's 250 million. Oh, and he's just corrected you all. It's 2.5 million, everybody. Have you, have you just corrected? Is it 2.5 million? Is it really? Oh, well, I gave them a wrong steer then. I mean, this is the problem, because I'm already going, oh, so many of so then they go, the DUP's given a billion, and you're just like, oh, it's like, it is just it, film money. You're like, oh, okay, it might as well be 50p or a thousand million, million. I don't know the difference now. <laughs> I just know I didn't, I wish she didn't do it, but I'm not her mum. It's like Keith saying, oh, God, just go in the garden and shush. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like, oh, just shh, take your DUP outside, please. <laughs> I don't know how one to one fights crime in these armbands, because oh, no. I think they're making it harder to do anything. <laughs> She's got to just power through. I oh, see why. the man's back. The man's back. Quick, quick, quick. Okay. <laughs> the overlords are here. The overlords are here. Oh, right. Put your hat on. Handmaid's tail. Get your butter out. Come on. <laughs> they don't have that in the television show. They don't have the butter. They don't have the butter. It's disappointing. The butter's one of the best bits. It's, it's the only bit ever got They use it for hand cream. Our guest tonight. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com